Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue podcast with your host, John Hewlin. You are listening to part two of my conversation with Catherine Starr. She is a two-time Olympic swimmer, is a speaker, author of the book, Rescue Me, and I can't wait for you to hear the conclusion of my interesting conversation with Catherine. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's conversation. Life is all about relationships, and great leaders heavily invest in those relationships. On the Relationships and Revenue podcast, we talk about how to improve our most significant relationships at home so we can be better in our business relationships. We talk with experts from all over the world representing many disciplines about the best tips and strategies to become amazing people and amazing leaders. Welcome to the show. I'm just curious, over the years, especially after you let the information come out about the abuse, how did that impact your relationship with your dad? So my dad had passed away by then. So oh, I'm um, sorry. You know, I, I, you know, I write about it in my book, um, my, that relationship and the, our last moments together. Mm -hmm. uh, also a beautiful chapter um, that I really, uh, just how the relationship kind of closed. And I certainly have a much better relationship in his passing than I do now. <laughs> Certain things change when you mature, right? You they know? do. And, um, but thank you for recognizing that. But he, it was a, it was a beautiful moment. It was a beautiful moment in the way that we, that he left, um, left the earth. And, um, and then I started Safe for Athletes about two years after his passing. And it was, his passing was very, very hard. It was, it was, okay. it was uh, very heavy on the heart, very um, uh, debilitating, um, mm -hmm. you know, very unproductive phase of my life. <laughs> and, um, and I took, it was a lot of reflection, sure. a lot of reflection. And part of that reflection was, you know, what, like, why, why am I hurting? Like, why, you know, why did I have the life that I have, you know, and I used to work in tech for some microsystems before I was bought from Oracle. And I worked hmm. for Netscape and on an alliance between uh, with AOL T Time Warner and some microsystems. And, and I had this like, very well paying job. I was, you know, well respected. I was well liked. Um, and I would sit in these meetings and I would be thinking to myself how I wanted to go home. Like, and here I am, like, it was just so painful to like live, like everything is perfectly fine and then be so dead and so hurting inside. Yeah. And, and that's, and then I sort of fell apart, like from, here the the for those layoffs started happening and and it was just like what what am i pursuing what is this what was the purpose of all that pain and suffering and hmm. and that was like and i and it was like really about a six seven year reflection of you know sort of the end days with my father and you know that relationship and then he passes and then you know and i just i was trying to have like resolve with with that with that relationship with my relationship with with swimming um and self like just what what was the purpose of all this there was no way my purpose was to 
ignore it and then sit in these in these tech meetings, you know, and, and you know, and usually those meetings are about when you're going to meet again, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, when you have the, you know, what they say, the, the, uh, the golden, you know, the golden handcuffs right at the corporate job mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and that's when it was like, you know, I need to, I need to address what's re- what's meaningful to me. And, and, and part of that came was, um, so I was kind of really in a difficult place. And so I'm like, well, maybe I'll just coach swimming just to, you know, have some income and, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of get back to what I know. And, and I went back and I was coaching the younger kids. They were like between eight and 12 age group, or like decent kids. But it occurred to me when I was coaching there, like I saw the dynamics so clearly between the coaches, between a coach and an athlete. Mm-hmm. And I also include talk about this story a little bit in my book. And there was this young kid who came to me. He was bullied in school and he was um, he did ballet. So I'm in L.A. And mm. so a lot of kids do a lot of artists, you know, it's L.A. And so and he was apparently this amazing, um, amazing at ballet, you know, like mm-hmm. I mean, Kel, you know, what's his name? I don't know. It wasn't Gorchuk, but, you know, like so he was just off, I think. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> we don't want to get the wrong guy here. And no, so, no. Yeah. Um, and, and, and here he was, he was this like, so broken by, you know, his, his classmates about him being, doing ballet, right? It was just so, you know, it wasn't masculine. So he joined swimming and within six weeks, I took him and trained him to a place. He was like keeping up with his other peers. He was like dropping time. He was like, he was like loving his time now. With his peers, they they liked him. He wasn't being bullied. He liked mm-hmm. that voice. Like, that's what sport's supposed to do for you, right? Yeah. And to watch that, but at the same time, he's from this family of three. And so his, you know, his dad would drop him off and the pa- both parents were off with the other two kids. And so there's like, there's a missing accountability, right? When you have more than two kids, right? So, you know what I mean? Or So, and so, you know, they sort of entrust you to the, to the coach. And this kid... I, the way that he would connect with me was like, I'm like, you would do anything I asked. Like I just saw because of how his life was so transformed with at school, his peers, like he had a, he felt like, you know, a strong person again. Mm -hmm. At the same time, there was like this weakness to give me the power to that. Mm -hmm. Like I was getting credit where credit was not due. But many coaches take that credit Hmm. and that's part of the problem, right? You know, because it's like, no, I just showed up. You gave, you did the work. You, you know, I just was here and, and I was actually like a hard coach, but I was kind. I was always kind. I'd be like, I'd ask nicely how to do a hard set, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Right. You know, and they would be like, you know, they were so excited, you know? (laughs) You know, and it was like what occurred to me, I was like, and I just saw this when I saw the dynamic, I'm like, like, I, I, I didn't have like words to articulate the experience. Mm. And that's what that situation gave me and gave me also the inspiration to go, you know, what, I, I got to change this. And so that's when I started Safer Athlete. Mm. And then the rest is kind of history. It just kind of has taken off, you know. Mm. You know, Catherine, it reminds me of something that it it kind of came to me a few years ago. A uh, couple things. First one is our pain is not for us. Now, when you're in the middle of it, it sounds ridiculous to hear. It's like, what in the world are you talking about, John? What do you mean 
my pain isn't for me. It really isn't in the sense that if you're willing to put the work in so that you can work through the pain to get to the other side, if you will do that because you've been through whatever it is that you've been through, you're going to be able to help countless people, but you got to be willing to go through it. You can't pretend it's not there anymore. You can't try to somehow bypass it. You got to work all the way through it. And I know when I did that after my divorce, um, that was something I had to work on was work through my pain. And what was I doing to sabotage all my relationships, not just this one prominent one. And as I did that, as I got better, I began to realize there's a purpose that comes from pain. But again, requires you to work through it. Pain, purpose, platform in that order. And truly, that is what has happened for you, is your pain led to your purpose and ultimately provided a platform for you, a new one, a new platform. Yeah. And that was, you know, and I did. And I had to go through there and I hadn't heard the three P's. I like that. Um, but and I feel free to use that. Yeah, no, I I like it. Thank you. Um, You know, and I do and I close, you know, sort of at the end with, you know, in some it, it sounds like inappropriate to use the word grateful, but. You know, no, I get that. I do. I absolutely understand that. You know, and it's like, you know, because I've been involved in some legal cases that, you know, they these, you know, the pain and suffering that they, they've been compensated more on these cases. And I'd like to consider that my expertise contributed to the, you know, to the financial recruitment that sure. they, you know, received for that. And, you know, then it makes it worth it. Mm hmm. You know, and it's like, you know, and I and I read and I have self-reflection and I think my whole book is pretty clear about the self-reflection. And mm -hmm. and I I don't leave things out like I was not an angel. I didn't say, <laughs> you know, oh, my God, you know, it, it, like what happened? It's like no, I sh I write about my piece of the pie here. Mm -hmm. You know, I take accountability for my actions and I'm not taking accountability for someone harming me. That's not what I'm taking accountability for. Um, you know, but it's like the, how I've chosen to numb the pain and I still have elements of, you know, how I've, you know, numbed the pain at times and, you know, lifelong, you know, sort of eating disorder issues to, you know, um, as well as being, I still exercise, you know, sort of got that same, you know, sort of dynamic in there. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, and so that's kind of where I was like, well, what can I think about? Like when you talk about the title of your, you know, of your book and, and, you know, and how does that equate to sexual abuse? And I think one of the things that, you know, we, you know, I had to go through pain, right. To even get there. I had to reconnect with, you know, mm -hmm. I had to learn, I had to learn to love myself. Right. And that's like a, that's a daily, that's a daily reprieve, if you will, <laughs> you know, getting up and, and just being, um, you know, like. Prior to my name change, I would say that um, I had to force myself to get. But mm -hmm. now, like with the purpose and what I do, I'm driven on it. Mm -hmm. Sure. You know, and so that pain, it just kind of shows you how heavy the pain is. Mm -hmm. You know, how heavy that my life experience was that I, you know, wanted to change. But the other thing is that many sexual abuse survivors, people, or even anybody who's been in an abusive situation, is that there's this, there's this first judgment um, that I hear, which is, oh, they, it's just for money. Mm. And I'm sure we've heard it in passing, you know, and it's, and it's, and it's really hurtful when your relationship was so, um, disconnected, like you lost your ability to, um, 
earn and, and experience life in its fullest capacity. I mean, and, and, and the, the egregiousness, um, uh, thing is, um, the, the, like the egregiousness of these crimes and the harms done to people, um, it warrants this outcome and it's how you compensate. It's how our system, mm-hmm. um, and it's also going to prevent this from happening to, to other people, you know, and, and there is, and there's that relationship between that. And, and for me, like what I, what I hope is that people can heal on the inside to like work through the pain, right? As you say, mm-hmm. work through the pain to find your purpose. Yeah. To find your pleasure. And I love that. And I love that. And, you know, and that's why I say I'm, I'm grateful and I'm grateful that um, my God given set of life software of self mm. is a good match for being an expert in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I'm like grateful for that. Like there's just because you harm doesn't mean you can work and, you know, be able to excel in, in the field to do it. Right. You know, and so it's the fact that I have some of the skill sets that couple that, mm-hmm. you know, brings up like, you know, sort of the drive of the purpose. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that, because as you just kind of alluded to, it's not necessarily a natural progression to go from someone who's been abused to working through the pain of the abuse to now becoming someone who is an expert who speaks in court cases related to that. So how did that all come about? Well, when I started Safe for Athletes, I started searching like, you know, who's you know, like who was in this field, right? You know, and wanting some expert advice about how to start the organization. And I first reached out to my athletic director, Donna Lopiano, and to help start Safe Athletes. But then I also reached out to a person by the name of Celia Brackenridge. And she started the research on sexual abuse in sport. Mm. And so, you know, so I reached out to her and I'd read one of her, one of her papers and she had written very specifically that something didn't happen and it was in these two year period of time. And, um, and it was my time. And, and so I wrote to her and I said, well, you know, your research is not complete. Mm. Um, you know, you said very specifically in this time, this didn't happen and it actually happened to me. And here's my story. And so, um, so we started talking and she's, mm. she's written more books, um, on the, you know, she's the early you consider she's a leader on the topic. She's the foremost researcher on the topic. She's since passed away. But I wrote to her and we started, we developed a relationship and mm. went right to England. And I met, she's out of the UK. And her first book was on like her first, you know, journal and expert, you know, literature was about my coach, his situation. Mm. And, you know, so we, in, in, that's where she started to, you know, sort of address the topic. So we formed a bond until she passed away. And I was very sad. Mm. It's a big loss for, for me, for the movement. Sure. But you can't write a paper without quoting and citing Celia Brackenridge in your work. I've never submitted a legal report or any type of writing without including citing her work multiple times. Gotcha. So... and. I'm not sure how it's related exactly, but um, when you competed, you were Annabelle Cripps, correct? When you competed. Yes. So there's been a name change and that happened around 06, correct? 
Yeah, about that. Yeah, 05, 06. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that begs the question, why? Well, that's where, um, like, uh, that's where it was too heavy to get out of it, right? Okay. And it was, so it was where I was like, I wanted to write my story. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to become another name. I can't write okay. it. So there was like, oh, I'll just be a ghostwriter, you know, and I'll just write it under an alias and mm -hmm. write, write this story. But then I was like, no, no, there's like, yeah. And I was driving around LA before I lived there at the time I was living in San Francisco. And, and, and I, it just sort of hit me like so strong, you know, to call myself Catherine Starr. Like, it was just like, that's your name. And I was thinking kind of like, you know, what would my, I was trying to figure out like, what was my name going to be? Mm -hmm. And so, and later that, um, that was like in August and of uh, 2005. And then my brother got married in that September, like a month later. And so I told my sister, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm thinking about, I'm going to change my name. I ain't done anything legally and like that. And uh -huh. I do write all about this in my book so you can read about it. <laughs> um, and so, and then she said some sort of inappropriate comment, like, oh, you know, Catherine Starr is, you know, sort of inappropriate name, she said. And I was like, oh, and I just kind of ignored it. She, I won't even mention which, what it was. So I just was like, ignored it. So then I go to India on this retreat and was like, you know, following this guru and, and um, not that I would recommend that in today's time, but at the time. So I go to this, um, uh, I go to get what they call a, a, a naughty leaf red. And mm -hmm. it's, and it was like someone who's sort of telling you like the life you've chosen and the purpose you have for life. And so, um, and so I go to this guy, he's like, it's in this grass hut. And if you've been to India, if you've seen pictures of India, you know, it's not, it's, you know, it's not a sophisticated building environment, you know, and the traffic is all over the place. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Mm. And, um, so anyway, so we get to this, like, you know, uh, grass hut building and there's this guy with a loincloth, right? You know, that's it. So he's like on. And there's this translator. She's like 90 some years old, just got a couple of teeth. And she's wow. translating Sanskrit to English for me. He's talking in Sanskrit. Mm -hmm. She's translating in broken English to me. Right. And so we're going through this thing. And uh, they say, he asks like yes or no questions. Like, were you born on a Friday? Do you have three siblings? The two boys, do they have three kids? You know, like those very specific questions that were they but they were yes or no questions so i would you know answer those and it was kind of like a roadmap but he wasn't looking at anything he's asking me in sanskrit but then he goes do you have two names and i was like yeah. and he goes is one of them katrina star i was yeah. like what the only person i told my what i was going to change my name to at that point was my sister yeah. and like so then i knew i was like okay that's official i'm gonna make it <laughs> it was just like this like and I knew that he didn't know my sister. <laughs> pretty sure that he did have a cell phone, but I'm pretty sure they didn't know <laughs> or had a conversation prior to that. Yeah. But that's sort of where it like just kind of, I was just like convinced. But at the same time, you know, it, it was just one of those things where you just have those aha moments. And I've had sure. several of those along my life. Mm -hmm. And, and I know that I'm validated by the fact that it's the right name and the right choice. Because when people ask, oh, my name, my name, hi, I'm Catherine Starr. Great name. And always mm. following with that, what a great name. And so mm. I'm like, okay, that's just the universe telling me back. It was like, 
that was the name. That's the name for me. And, you know, and I decided I also just needed a name to turn my head. You needed to call me. I just needed a name to hear. And so mm-hmm. I know the one that came to me is one that lifts me up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Team Athlete Integrity. So um, I started that organization. It's in its infancy stage. But the purpose of the organization is to, the way I saw abuse manifest, I felt that you could do a culture change within your sports program. And mm-hmm. and so, you know, so instead of sort of being policy driven and um, which safer athletes is, is, you know, sort of policy structure driven at that team athlete integrity, we work on the team, the coach and the athletes and creating accountability within that structure. And, okay. and we do, you know, um, uh, that's sort of the main focus of it. So retreats or, you know, programs for, for teams, especially, especially collegiate teams, um, or professional teams, you know, that's sort of our focus in, in that area. And we also do mediation amongst, you know, coach athlete, like, cause a lot gets, um, there's a lot of emotion in sport. And so how do you work through a fact-based conversation? Um, and then there's a lot of, um, uh, speculation, like you, it's sport is like you, like, you know, so now like learned how to swim visually when you're an athlete, like you, it's not just doing reps of things. You like, you, you put it in your body, right? So in a lot mm-hmm. of things you put in your body, you also put in perceptions. You also put in, oh, my coach looked at me this way. Therefore I had a bad performance. So there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a lot of space between the view of the experience to the reality of it right and in it if you ever saw um like willy wonka and the chocolate factory and the mm-hmm. kid with the um tv guy and he transferred yeah. one tv to the other that's mm-hmm. what, what i feel like kind of happens between relationships of people and so how do you <laughs> like um and you know tangle that and sure. so that's like the purpose of the organization and with the underlying goal of not having an abusive environment right and so mm-hmm. Instead of addressing the abuse, I want to address the underlying culture. Okay. Okay. And it's a more positive way to address your... Sure. Sure. Would you say that relationships for you today um, are easier now because of all the stuff you've gone through and the effort you've put into getting better internally since you've been doing that and continue to work on it? Because it's not like it ever ends. You don't. You continue to work through it. But... How would you say your relationships are today? I would say for the most part, my relationships are very good. Um, And they're solid um, and fruitful, both business, personal, Mm -hmm. on a um, non-intimate level at all. Like I'm very good having those relate. I'm a good friend. Like if you ranked me as a friend, I'm high up there, right? You know, it's Mm -hmm. like I'm one of those trustworthy, good, loyal friends. Yeah. But I would say is that where my blind spot is, because I think we all have one mm-hmm. and, you know, is um, and I think this is part of people pleasing, like some of the characteristics come out of being like people pleasing um, and the coach athlete dynamic that still comes up mm-hmm. is, and I think many people have a blind spot with narcissistic people okay, and coaching in that relationship is a nurse coaching can be a very narcissistic job. Okay. personality. So there's still some challenges that I have working through that type of dynamic, whether it's in mm-hmm. business or personal. And so if I'm sort of showered with, 
oh, you're so amazing. You're so amazing. And oh, great. And I want to help you. And I have to remember, like after writing my book, like my book is called Rescue Me. Mm-hmm. And it's not because like that's my whole book was like waiting for someone to rescue me. And I think some of the, you know, like the whole point of the book is you got to rescue yourself. Mm-hmm. So when I get stuck in relationships, like you asked me my long-winded questions, it's because I fall into you're going to rescue me. Oh, okay. And so if I have any type of like, oh, you're my savior, my hero, and I'm not participating in this mm. dynamic, then that's where I fall prey to a situation. Okay. I can understand that. Some of the other kinds of questions that I ask folks who are on here, uh, especially those who are entrepreneurs, because you are one. I mean, you've started multiple companies. Now, some of them happen to be nonprofits, but it still counts. It's still the same kind of work. Uh, Starting a nonprofit in many ways is more difficult than starting a business because you're you're still having to put the same amount of work in, but there's either a lot less or no pay at all. And the same thing for people who work for and or with you. You don't really have pay to offer as as a way to entice them to be around. So um, let me ask you this. Based upon all of your experience, especially being a high-level athlete, how would you define success? Well, that's a really good question because I feel like I'm I'm changing the definition of success as I certainly get older and more mature. I actually think success is in your relationships. Okay. You know, in and not in an in an, in a one-sided. It's like it, you know, it's the strength. It's the strength of your community. It's the strength of the people around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's this personal success, like personal self success. Like I think we've you know, as a society, it's like, you know, you're considered, like I just talked about narcissism, when you think highly of yourself, right? You can mm-hmm. think of yourself and not be a narcissist. Like those right. two don't coexist, right? So, and I think be able to walk into the room and have your, um, uh, you know, self in your body and not be dissociated, especially coming from background of abuse. Like when you're mm-hmm. wound it, to sure. me, that is success, you know, of, um, and I think the rest comes, you know, and it's also like it's the relationship you have spiritually. It's the relationship you have emotionally. It's the relationship that you have, you know, sort of physically, like all of those things line up with, in my opinion, what is success mm-hmm. and everything comes like because of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like that if you can kind of think of like, um, you know, in, in technology, right, when you either push or pull information in. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like if you're constantly searching for something and you got to be like, where's my email versus like, it just comes. <laughs> yeah. And to me, that's success when it just comes like you're just showing up, you're doing life. You're not like there's no mm-hmm. worry. There's just you're just at peace, like at peace with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I get that. What would you say is your number one go to daily habit? Oh, I'd almost say that's slightly inappropriate. I love drinking a cup of tea. OK, gotcha. I mean, besides the fact that I'm walking, taking my dog to the beach, but, um, but I gotta say, I, I just love it's the, that's the British in me, right? I just love a good cup of tea. <laughs> I get it. All right. Simple, but it's kind of, it breaks joy. You know, it's like, uh, Sheldon on, um, you know, uh, on, um, Big Bang that? Theory. Yeah. Big Bang Theory. Like he always had like a hot, like his thing was, you know, how do you have a, you know, hot, hot drink, right? That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. So who would you say right now is investing in you, investing in you, building into you right now? 
besides yourself? Oh, besides myself. Um, yes. I would say, um, oh, I've had a long time friend in LA. His name's Jim. And he's, he's, he, he added the book. I don't know how many times he read it. He's, he has been like, I can call him in a drop fat. Something goes wrong. He is always there. Mm. And he's like replaced. He's like kind of the, the dad that I didn't have, like the relationship that I, mm. you know, would want to have. And, um, He's just been a, a kind, loving soul to me and so mm. supportive. Uh, I, he, I don't think he knows how much I truly appreciate him and his role in my life. That might be something worth actually telling him. Yeah, I might have him listen to this podcast. <laughs> okay. Now, to try and take the same type of question, but then turn it, how are you investing in you right now? So how am I investing in me? So I am... Um, well, one, I'm going to go spend the summer in France. And wow. And so my dog and I are going to um, the, the French Alps. And we decided that one, it's so touristy and hot where I live that um, yeah. and I, I, my work ebbs and flows. So I, it's like I can work remote wherever. Oh, nice. And, and so I'm giving myself the permission to enjoy life and to go and mm. do something that I wouldn't necessarily do because I'm just going on my own with myself and my dog. Yeah. And, um, and it's like this freedom. It's There's like a freedom in this choice, I guess. Sure. If, and so normally I'd be like, when you work for yourself, it's, um, you're not like, like I said earlier, you don't have the golden handcuffs, but you have this freedom, but there's also some restriction in that yeah. freedom. Mm -hmm. And so, and this is like an exercise in trust. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's part of it. And you'd be like, well, you're going on a trip. How's that trusting? And it, it's, it's like it, that it's purposeful and that it's meant mm -hmm. to be and soulful. And, and so, and that, and that's what, how I'm investing in myself, you know, in that way. Great. What do you have coming up besides going to France that has <laughs> you excited? Maybe specifically about like your businesses, what, what's coming up? In Catherine's world, you're like, oh, man, this is coming up. This is exciting. Or maybe you've got something new coming up, something new you're going to be launching. Um, I'm not at the new launch stage. I'm, we got some seeds to think about and reflect. Um, but I'm speaking at a conference in June. It's a National Coaches Association conference. Thanks. You know, I'm excited about that. Good. Um, and um, I'm actually doing a live podcast out in LA in a few weeks. So that's like kind of mm. exciting to kind of be around people and sort yeah. of, it's kind of like a half speaking engagement. And, um, and I'm uh, like, so those are the immediate things are sort of coming up on the, the speaking side of things. Um, mm. and you know, I guess for me, I, my, um, my desire is to have more speaking engagements and touch more people. So I'm mm -hmm. excited to, you know, sort of be back out into the world again, if you will. Yeah. So, and we're traveling again, which is like, I feel like I'm, I feel like COVID's not behind. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Which makes it exciting. You know what I mean? Like some normalcy is like flowing this way, but yeah. Mm -hmm. you know? And yeah, launch it. Hopefully I'll be planting some seeds and launch some good stuff here soon. Okay. Excellent. Well, we're coming up to, uh, wrapping up time going up to our final four but before we get there do you have any parting words for everybody something you want to be sure that you hammer home a certain point that you want to make sure the audience really hears you know i think the one thing for me is to be curious about 
someone versus like being judgmental, right? You know, and I think it's really easy to have a a family member, a work colleague, you know, have a certain demeanor that is quick to judge. And it goes into that perception versus being curious about a person in themselves. Mm-hmm. And when we can relate to more of each other's pain it, it or joy or just, you know, whatever dynamic they're in. And I think relatability and curiosity are are some things to that I would like to see more in myself and others. Okay. If folks want to learn more about you or if they want to connect directly with you, what are the best ways for them to do that? Oh, they can reach out through CatherineStar.com's website. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can easily contact me there or certainly Safe for Athletes, same as well, SafeForAthletes.org. And that's safe, number four, athletes.org. Um, both of those will find their way to myself and um, and very and very accessible that way. Okay. And folks, we'll be sure to put all that in the show notes for you because, you know, I'm looking out for you guys, especially for those of you who are out on a run right now. I don't want you to stop and write this down. Keep doing your run. It'll be in the show notes. So, all right, Catherine, we're coming up to final four. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Here it comes. Question number one. Why did God create Catherine? That's a quick question. So um, follow my purpose in life. Okay. Follow your purpose. Number two, what are you doing, reading, or listening to right now that's helping you grow? Oh, I just started listening to, um, it's Noah St. John, and it's, um, I'm going to, it's on Audible, and it's Mm -hmm. called The Great Little Book of Affirmations, and it's a wonderful book, and he says, ask yourself why affirmation like why am i so successful versus Mm. doing statements and it's a short book and it's worth listening to and i feel it just changed my whole like i feel like i was a turtle on my back with my paws up and now i feel like i got the paws back down the other way and i'm now walking through life okay excellent what do you do for fun Oh, I, my dog is like, you know, I spend so much time going to the beach and walking with my dog. It's, it's, mm. uh, she loves it. I just love watching her. She loves the birds. It's a Vishla. She's a Vishla. She's been here sleeping the whole time with me. <laughs> All right. Uh, question four, what are you most grateful for? I'm grateful for my relationship with God. That's for sure. Um, and, uh, I'm grateful for all the people, um, that have, Stop to smile at me when, mm. you know, those smiles were just not knowing where I was at meant a lot. And so I'm just grateful for the simplicities of interpersonal interactions. Mm-hmm. Okay. One last bonus question. If somebody comes up to you, and as you probably have people who ask you these kinds of questions like they ask me, uh, I get this question a lot from people because uh, not just because I have the podcast, but because I talk a lot about leadership. I talk a lot about teamwork. Um, having been a professional speaker for over 30 years, I just I get asked a lot because people know I'm a big reader. So my question to you is, what's your number one go-to book? When someone asks you for a recommendation for a book, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, the Alchemist. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I get, I get asked that question a lot. So I also like The Peaceful Warrior, but I think it's in a, you know, it's in a phase of life. I think both of those, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of good books, but I definitely like The Alchemist. After I read that book, there was like, I was kind of disappointed that it was over. <laughs> <laughs> well, as as an author, I'm sure you can appreciate that. Yeah. 
And you're like, okay, I, I, I want to leave them wanting more. So it, obviously that one worked. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope that, I, I hope that your listeners pick up the book and, and, um, you know, and they, and they find themselves in a, that they're moved by it. You know, they're mm-hmm. moved in a, in a very compelling way. Oh, I was. And I, I read through it very quickly, which is not typical for me. I usually take a long time to read a book, but, um, it, it was very moving. There were times, honestly, Catherine, I had to put it down I, to, to process more than anything. Yeah. Not because I couldn't handle it, but it was just, I needed to process what I was reading so I could go back to it. Um, and folks, just so that you know, anytime I have a guest on who happens to be an author, I do this. So if you guys take out your handy dandy phones, when you're listening to this episode, take a picture of you with the episode and on social media, you're going to tag Catherine. You're going to tag me. When you do that, the first person who does that is going to get a signed copy of Catherine's book on me. So that's for all of you. I hope that you enjoy that. Catherine, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate uh, your generous spirit with not just your time, but with, with your story, what has happened with you all throughout your life. And I am glad to see that you've been able to, to view things that have happened to you. Also being able to see it in terms of what does this make possible now? Meaning you can see the good side of it now that you're able to do things to help people. You should take that pain that we talked about turn it into your purpose and it's provided that platform for you so that you can help other people. So thank you for doing that. Oh, thank you so much just for having me on your show. It's been wonderful. Just speaking with you and your gentle demeanor, I just, it just makes it so much easier. So thank you. Really appreciate it. My honor to have you here. It truly is. And thank you to each and every one of you who have tuned in today. You have given me your most precious resource and that's your time. And you know, I don't take that lightly. So thanks for being here, everybody, and we will talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlett. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Bye.